Thanks for joining us for another episode of Public Service Psychology Now. We're your hosts, Jen and Tiffany. And today we're continuing our special series where we interview former presidents of Division 18 in celebration of our 75th anniversary. Today, we're speaking with Dr. Linda Bodie, president from 2011 to 2012. Dr. Bodie retired in 2015 from the Cincinnati VA after 25 years as a supervisory clinical psychologist specializing in addictive disorders. She held several leadership positions in the VA, including Director of VA Substance Dependence Programs, Director of VA Nicotine Dependence Service, and Director of the National VA Tobacco Cessation Clinical Resource Center. After retiring from the VA, she served as Clinical Facilitator of the Substance Use Disorder Quality Enhancement Research Initiative at the Palo Alto VA. Dr. Bodie has been very active in psychology professional organizations, including serving as President of the Cincinnati Psychological Association, Ohio Psychological Association, Board of Trustees, Ethics Committee, Chair of the Substance Abuse and Addiction Committee, Co-Founder of the Alcohol and Other Drug Education Institute, Association of VA Psychologist Leaders and Executive Planning Committee. An APA member since 1980, she has also served in many different leadership roles in Division 18, including Chair of the VA Section from 2009 to 2010, Program Chair for two annual APA conventions, and was Division 18's representative to APA's Health Disparities Initiative, strengthening APA's role and collaborations in reducing tobacco use in health disparity populations. In 2006, she was awarded the VA Section's Outstanding Administrator of the Year Award. Thank you so much for being with us today, Dr. Bodie. Thank you for having me. And I really appreciate uh, both of you uh, taking the time and effort and energy to, to do these podcasts uh, and to organize the celebration for the 20, uh, 75th uh, anniversary of Division 18. Uh, kudos to both of you. Um, so, uh, like I said, I really appreciate uh, what what you are doing. So, well, thank, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. It's a real opportunity, and honestly, it's, I think it's a privilege for both Jen and I to be able to, you know, speak with former leaders and or still leaders, but former presidents of Division 18, and um, just want to thank you for the opportunity to sit down with us. Well, maybe catch us up a little bit and tell us, you know, what's been going on since your presidential year. Well, uh, since I retired from the VA in uh, 2015, um, I was very fortunate to be invited to become a part of the clinical uh, as a clinical consultant for the uh, VA Quality Enhancement Research Initiative. This was a query. And I have to note that all of this took place while I was chatting with a colleague at the Association of VA Psychologist Leaders uh, in Texas. Uh, so this goes to show how things can happen just uh, in casual conversations. And, uh, when I retired in January and by, in February, I had a contract uh, with the query program. So this was a very enjoyable experience. And I worked with folks mainly on the West Coast uh, in Washington State and California. Um, 
And uh, the goal of the research was to increase access to tobacco dependence for veterans in substance abuse residential rehabilitation programs. And the program aimed to change the knowledge, the skills, and the behaviors uh, of the administrators and clinicians using uh, 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 an approach called facilitation and feedback and academic detailing and social marketing. So I did this for um, uh, almost three years after I retired. And then the other thing that I've been doing uh, is providing support and education and mentoring to folks who have uh, rare uh, diseases. And I work with patients as well as with the physicians and their clinical staff sharing my story and providing information and tips on managing their diseases. Since the pandemic, uh, the face-to-face -face events have been canceled, of course, and everything is virtual. But being able to offer my perspective as a patient instead of as a psychologist has been very rewarding for me and hopefully helpful to other patients and the physicians and clinical staff that I've worked with. So I really enjoy uh, doing that now. Well, I really love my job at the VA and the Query Project, um, but now I am really enjoying being retired. <laughs> and um, my husband and I uh, have a 35 foot uh, motor home and we enjoy traveling in the motor home, of course. And we spent several months uh, every year in Florida on um, uh, the Gulf Coast beaches, which is very nice. And we made several other enjoyable trips with uh, some of the friends that we've made uh, through the motor home. But the pandemic came along and uh, we were stranded, so we haven't been able to travel. But hopefully, um, once the pandemic gets resolved, we look forward to traveling again. And so uh, that's kind of what I've been doing since 2015, since, since I uh, uh, retired. That sounds like so much fun, just in, in having a motorhome, like you can just go anytime, well, not right now, but anytime you want, you, you know, it's just readily, you know, the transportation's there, the, the you know, the court, the lodging's there. Oh, how convenient and fun. Yes, it is. It's a lot of fun and it's very enjoyable. And actually we are planning a trip in May uh, to one of the parks down in Kentucky um, because we're, we're pretty much contained there. And uh, so it, it, it'll, it'll be nice. Yeah, that's lovely. Yeah. Well, thanks for catching us up to speed. Well, um, well now let's talk about your presidency and um, maybe tell us a little bit about maybe the context and around the time you were serving, maybe what was going on um, in APA at the time or division-wide or even the country, you know, the world at large, just to kind of set the stage for the time you were serving in. Well, in the world at large, in 2011 and 2012, we had the Iraqi and the Afghanistan wars going on. 
So APA was very involved in developing initiatives uh, focused on supporting military service members, veterans, uh, and their families through training and key collaborations. And of course, one of the key collaborators was Division 18, as well as the VA section. And since I was a VA psychologist, all of this was very pertinent to me. Uh, APA really had a focus on expanding the dissemination and delivering of evidence-based psychotherapy for uh, folks returning who had PTSD, TBI, and their family members. And there was a focus on recovery from stress and trauma, uh, especially for those who were coming back uh, you know, from either one of those wars. Mm -hmm. So the other thing APA was trying to do, um, it was change the uh, convention. Uh, it had become so large and there were a lot of, of uh, uh, conflicts in scheduling. So they were trying to um, make the convention smaller and more relevant. And uh, <clears throat> this meant that Division 18 had to develop some strong collaborative alliances with other divisions. So we started developing uh, interdivisional programming, uh, which I think was very nice and very uh, very well. Um, and then developing other things with um, other programmings uh, like webinars with other divisions. The other thing APA was beginning to do, and this is this is uh, funny now because they were uh, just beginning to address the new technology uh, and how technology was changing psychology. Mm -hmm. And APA was recognizing the complex uh, professional issues surrounding uh, healthcare reform uh, with the new emerging models of care. Well, the innovative technology was being used for healthcare services uh, to address all of the shortages that um, uh, were being found in healthcare professionals. And this was beginning to become um, uh, a part of the mainstream of healthcare. Hmm. Well, in Division 18, we were kind of behind the times and we had to forego our uh, regular face-to-face -face meetings because they became just too expensive. So uh, we were meeting at that time by phone calls or teleconference, and I guess is what they were called. And so it's quite different from what is available now, like the Zoom calls and team meetings and so forth. Um, another emphasis that was um, uh, really going on at that time in 2011 and 2012, uh, obesity was becoming a focus in the nation as two thirds of the adults and almost a third of children were overweight or obese. Well, the APA president at that time, uh, Suzanne Bennett Johnson, had as one of her initiatives to address the obesity epidemic in the United States. So in October, 2011, 
Division 18 hosted the very first fall conference, thanks to Ann Clee and Guy Seymour, who uh, organized this conference. And it was held at Tufts University in Boston uh, with uh, very good attendance. And of course, the person who uh, was the um, major speaker was uh, the APA president, Dr. Suzanne Johnson. The theme was improving the nation's health, public service psychology at the forefront. So I think that says a lot. And of course, the focus was on psychology's role in addressing the health uh, challenges uh, that our country faced at that time, and I think you're still facing it now, and how we as public sector psychologists are crucial in addressing uh, these areas. Uh, the keynote speaker was uh, Dr. Johnson, uh, who addressed the, US, the United States obesity epidemic. And then there were other topics having to do with health, uh, including pain management, offenders with SMI, uh, behavioral health integration into primary care settings, and roles for psychologists in the tobacco epidemic. So that's kind of what was going on um, with APA and, and the world at that time. Wow, that's a lot going on. Oh, yes. <laughs> Just kind of thinking about um, changes in, um, I guess, how APA, you know, wanted to organize the competition and how that helps, you know, promote more of that interdivisional collaboration, um, changes in, you know, because it was pretty expensive to travel, you know, for a face-to-face -face meeting, but changes in how, you know, you all met as a group or executive, you know, committee, you know, through the, over telephone and how that may have changed, you know, some of the way the organization functioned. And, and then also just at, at large thinking about um, the obesity epidemic, you know, health or other health um, care issues that public service psychologists can really be integral and in, in helping to address, um, including SMI as well, because uh, we know that there's a strong overlap <clears throat> as well there. So, wow, just a lot, a lot going on then. A lot going on. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what were um, some of the um, accomplishments, some of the initiatives, um, or let me back up and ask, um, what sort of initiatives that um, that you took on were you proud of or um, did you find, um, or do you perceive as, you know, accomplishments or successes for you during your, during your year? Well, 2011 was a very uh, busy, remarkable year. And one of the first things that I dealt with um, were the changes in the executive committee. Several people uh, stepped down, so we had to elect new officers and new section um, uh, folks. Um, so we thank the ones who had stepped down and welcomed our new uh, se uh, section uh, chairs. And I found that it was very helpful to have 
that uh, trio leadership uh, of the past president, president, and uh, president-elect um, as a leadership team. Um, however, uh, the past president was Dr. Steve Norton. And at that time, he just happened to be in Afghanistan. <laughs> so uh, he was not there um, when I needed him. However, uh, Steve was very uh, receptive to my emails and, and uh, my calls for help. So um, he was really helpful and um, uh, thanks Steve, even though he was a uh, uh, little ways away. <laughs> he was uh, very helpful for his, uh, and I appreciated his guidance and his advice and uh, his wisdom. So thanks to Steve. And we found that our membership proc uh, process was very cumbersome and kind of didn't make any sense. Um, so we streamlined the membership application process uh, to renew or apply for membership so that renewal or um, application could be done actually online. So we were just then getting things online and we could pay with a credit card. So welcome to the 21st century. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, we, we finally got the uh, bylaws amended and we removed the need for prospective members to be approved by the executive committee. Believe, mm -hmm. believe it or not, that, uh, <laughs> that took a lot, uh, but that made the process of getting new members um, very difficult and that made no sense either. So um, it also, the amendment, permitted electronic voting for bylaw uh, by changes and that speeded up that process. So we, we, were, we, were, we were coming along and <laughs> we were making some good progress. So uh, the other thing, uh, I know that Dolly uh, Sadow said that uh, in her year, I think it was 2005 and 2006, uh, she was afraid we were going to become extinct because we weren't getting very many new members. Um, and later on in 2011, I found out that the average age of APA members was 55 and the average age of Division 18 members was 61.6. So we needed some young blood in there. And so one of my initiatives was to increase the membership in the uh, early uh, career psychologist area, the ECPs. So APA was also making an effort uh, to engage younger psychologists and those with young children. And one of the things that they did, uh, they designed a family area and provided childcare friendly activities for the convention when it was in DC. And this brought in a number of younger psychologists with families, of course. So the APA convention the next year was in Orlando, which was a perfect place for families. And that promised to do the same. 
So in Division 18, we ask members for ideas on incentives because other um, divisions had offered various incentives to get uh, the younger folks in. And so the sections were very busy recruiting uh, early uh, new members um, and especially the uh, ECPs. So uh, that was a good thing. Now, Mary Jansen, Dr. Mary Jansen had been working very diligently for several years developing the new section um, to address the needs of persons with uh, serious mental illness and severe emotional disturbance. Mm -hmm. Well, the, of course, the goal was to increase knowledge uh, related to SMISED and to enhance services for um, uh, persons uh, with SMI and SED and to develop standards of treat for treatment. Well, they got the officers elected, they got their membership list was developed and the bylaws completed. And then the section was finally uh, formally approved by the board. I think that happened uh, at the APA convention in DC. And then um, there was a petition for APA, uh, to APA for proficiency in the assessment and treatment of SMI uh, aimed at the use of rehabilitation approaches as, uh, as, as we know that people with SMI uh, can and do recover. So then plans were initiated to petition AMA for SMI psychology specialty. And I think this probably got finalized in maybe 2017, 2018. I'm not real sure of the date on that. So then once uh, this was done, we had to revise our brochure, uh, Division 18 brochure to include the information uh, related to our new division and also our new online application process. So those were two things that, uh, that needed to be updated. The other thing that was happening, the contract for publishing services um, for our journal with APA was about to expire. And we were concerned about the future of the journal and whether or not it would be financially solvent and whether or not we, we would be able to keep it going. Well, we had lots of discussion about how to make improvements, how to increase submissions, et cetera. Um, and we gave presentations at uh, APA convention and then other webinars were developed. Uh, to provide tips for folks who wanted to uh, submit manuscripts. Well, we also talked about uh, developing topics of special interest, uh, hoping that that would uh, be helpful. So in the end, the executive committee approved the renewal uh, of the publishing services contract with APA and uh, Drs. Pat DeLeon and Gary Vandenboss uh, continued in their present role. So this, this was a good thing because the journal has really proven to be an outstanding journal with high quality articles and is very successful, very well respected and financially solvent. 
So uh, the, the division was expected to receive significant royalty payments for the journal operations and to enjoy a very promising future with relevant, stimulating, and high quality articles. And I think the journal is one of our, um, you know, just uh, excellent, excellent things that we have going for us in Division 18. Absolutely. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we also maintained our two members on APA Council of Representatives. This is uh, extremely important. Uh, we encourage the development of CEU offerings for Division 18 members. Uh, through webinars, and uh, the board agreed to sponsor uh, the 2012 National Multicultural uh, Conference and Summit. So those were all some very successful and good things. Um, other issues that Division 18 was focused on included um, integrated care, uh, securing prescription privileges for psychologists and training for those who wanted to get prescription privileges and law enforcement responses to the most vulnerable, including the homeless and seriously mentally ill. And I think some of these issues are still, <clears throat> excuse me, are still relevant today. Um, and the other thing that we were doing, um, we were working diligently with APA in a migration process for our Division 18 website. Well, this project proved to be very tedious and time consuming and a very complex process. And the work continued for a long time. The, the person who was originally uh, scheduled uh, to do this um, uh, left and then somebody else came on and I think it's probably still continuing today uh, as a work in progress. Mm -hmm. So um, one of my initiatives was to raise awareness of the importance of addressing tobacco use in psychologist practices. The APA monitor uh, published their articles focusing on tobacco use that range from information about cigarette warning labels to APA scientists relying on psychologist expertise to guide tobacco regulation to protect the public from tobacco use. So with the emphasis on developing healthy lifestyles as psychology leaders and policymakers, we certainly, <clears throat> excuse me, can make a positive impact on the health of our patients and employees. So whether in academia, state, community hospitals, VA, criminal justice, SMI, tobacco use cuts across all of those domains. And public service psychologists are challenged to reduce the burden of tobacco disease through the roles of researchers, leaders, educators, and practitioners. And particularly important is the treatment of the underserved populations, including those with serious mental illness. So that kind of sums up the things that was going on in Division 18 in 2011. And I think some of these issues are still going on 
in 2021. Definitely. It's, um, it's kind of neat to see some of those similarities, though, <clears throat> and seeing how um, just seeing some of the impacts that those who come, you know, before us, you know, have made, um, you know, like your emphasis on integrating, you know, tobacco cessation treatment, for instance, in public service, you know, settings, that, um, or um, maybe I'm extrapolating what you're, you, you were saying, but just emphasizing that I know in the VA, that's at least been a, a bigger and bigger focus. And, um, and because I think of maybe sometimes in public service settings, we're, we're not always tuned in to some, some of those kind of issues like addressing tobacco use. And, um, and then also, yes, some similar things with our, with our website, it's continuing to <laughs> improve and evolve. We're getting there. Um, but yeah, it's, that's definitely a work in progress. Um, and so, um, but definitely um, some of those other, I guess, major initiatives like the formation of the SMISD section and um, helping to enhance membership, you know, facilitate people being able to join um, the division or all things that, you know, we continue to um, kind of focus on or, you know, continue to build upon some of the works that you and your colleagues did from, from years ago too. Um, so let's see, um, as far as, um, I guess, takeaways or are there any leadership lessons um, that you took away from your time as president um, or, um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Any, I guess, lessons or takeaways from your, from your leadership experience? Well, I confess that I had very little understanding of the other sections um, before I started being president of Division 18. And it became very apparent um, that there were those in psychology. Um, and I know the VA had, has their issues, but then uh, other sections also have their issues. And I learned a lot from um, the other uh, sections. And um, I learned a lot from uh, my interactions with the colleagues and, and I treasure those uh, relationships. Um, and it was important to cultivate and to maintain those connections um, and to consult with others and to listen to what they had to say. Uh, because I came from one perspective and they came from another perspective and all other perspectives were very important. Um, and I found it's important to have thoughtful discussions on uh, controversial issues that would come up, issues related to ethics, uh, social justice issues, police and public safety, national security even, and uh, disparities in treatment. So. I learned a lot from being uh, the president. And most of what I learned was from the other colleagues that I interacted with. So being open to hearing different perspectives and um, having that open, I guess, exchange 
Yes. And, mm -hmm. and, um, and also kind of tuning into the needs and priorities of, of those outside of maybe your work setting or the areas, the populations you serve. Yes, definitely. Yeah. It, there's lots of, lots of things to learn when, when you're uh, in division 18 uh, from uh, the other sections. Um, because some of the other sections are so different uh, from uh, the section that I was a part of. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it was, it, was, it was a real learning experience and a growth experience. And, and um, uh, I cherish those, those experiences and those colleagues that I uh, developed relations, uh, relationships with that were outside of, of my uh, section. So that was good. Well, this may tie in to the next question, but any um, words of advice for those emerging, emerging leaders or those who want to take on leadership roles in Division 18? Well, I would tell them that it's probably the best thing that they can do for themselves and uh, their career, as well as for others. Um, and being a part of leadership will expand their horizons. Uh, like it did mine, really did. And making connections um, with the colleagues was especially in other sections was especially helpful in understanding other aspects of public service uh, psychology. And I would say that I realized that everybody's busy and there's um, lots of demands on your time, but don't get into the pitfall of saying, oh, I don't have time, uh, I don't know what to do, I can't do it, I won't be effective, et cetera. And just know that yes, you can, uh, you do have the skills and um, you'll be glad that you did. And you can always start slow and gradually in increase your participation uh, because each officer can definitely make a significant impact. Um, I remember at one of the APA uh, leadership conference meetings, uh, Nancy Pelosi gave a talk and she said, make sure you are at the table because if you're not, you won't have a voice. So uh, the other thing, Bob Morgan, one of our distinguished members of Division 18, uh, once said, if not us, then who? Mm. So I think that sums it up. You know, if not us, then who? And make sure you're at the table because if you're not there, you will have no voice. So that's mm. what I would tell people that are considering uh, running for an office. Um, you don't have to wait to be asked. You can jump in there and say, hey, uh, I think I'd like to do this or be a member of a committee that may not take as much time as other uh, things. So um, and you will grow and it'll be a good experience. So that's what I would say. That's great advice. Well, what do you see, you know, as we wrap up, um, this interview, what do you see for the future of Division 18? Well, I see a very bright future for Division 18. 
because I think we will uh, have continued involvement and participation uh, and expand our role in APA activities and agendas, and as well as increase the knowledge and standing of public service uh, psychologists. Um, we need to increase the voice of public service psychologists and to be heard uh, by representing the values and the interests of all of the sections of Division 18. We have to be committed to promoting evidence-based patient-centered care uh, for our most vulnerable populations and expanding those uh, with serious uh, uh, mental illness in our prisons, our military and families and other underserved populations because that's kind of what we do. Mm -hmm. And the public sector's emphasis on systems of care is quite different from the private sector's system of solo care, which is really uh, quite, uh, is something to strive for in the future is our uh, emphasis on systems of care. And we need to continue to promote strengthening training for integrated healthcare, for integration of clinical practice and research, and innovative approaches to practice and program development. And I think we can do that. Now the pandemic has really highlighted the need for more um, psychologists to be involved in all aspects of public uh, service psychology, whether it's in the criminal justice area, um, the seriously mentally ill, community hospitals, VA, you name it. Um, and it's vital now more than ever for public service psychology to serve the underserved and to close the gap in disparities in treatment for mental health and to address issues such as police reform, racial injustice, gun violence, school shootings, mass shootings, and all of the things that we are dealing with today. All of these uh, provide multiple opportunities for uh, public service psychologists to be involved and to, to uh, uh, use their skills and abilities to help with the underserved, uh, which is what our goal is. So I see a bright future for us. And I think things will continue, and hopefully they will continue uh, to expand and grow. So that's, that's kind of where I am right now. I think we do have a bright future. That's a great vision that you have at um, Russ. And I know, I know many of our colleagues are working on these very, very important issues. And, and of course, more work needs to be done, um, but I agree Absolutely. with that. Yes. We're, we're getting there, we're getting, you know, we're, we're making big strides. We're making strides. Yeah. And, and I think we will continue to make strides. Yes. And it, but it will take an effort, but we've, yeah. we've got it going, so hey. 
We just and need to do it. Get like it done. Bob, like Bob said, if not us, who? You know? If not us, who? That's exactly right. It's mm -hmm. great. Well, any any last words, anything else you'd like to say today before we come to a close? Well, I would just like to say, I think these podcasts are really great. And I think uh, uh, the two of you are doing a super job and I wish you uh, well in your endeavor as uh, president-elect and president. Uh, uh, these are two very important uh, jobs. And I think when it's over, you'll say, Boy, I'm really glad that I did that. It was a lot of hard work, but I'm glad that I did it and I feel good about it. So thank you. Well, and thank you. It's been a real pleasure speaking with you today. Yeah, thank you so much. And for everyone well, listening, oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Oh no, it's gonna come to a close, but I wanna hear what you have to say. I was just gonna say thank you for doing this and thank you for having me. I appreciate it the opportunity to be able to do this. It's been an honor to serve as uh, president of uh, Division 18. And uh, uh, like I said, I really appreciate what you guys are doing. So thanks. Well, definitely appreciate you and all of your service, um, not only in Division 18, but even beyond um, and what you're um, you continue to do even after retirement. It just is very, it's very inspiring for sure. Well, with that, we'll bring this episode to a close. I also want to thank our listeners for, for tuning in. I really hope that you're enjoying this special series. I know Jen and I are getting a lot out of it and enjoying speaking with our former um, presidents. Um, hopefully you're, you are too. And so be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you get new episodes as soon as they're released. And I guess we'll say goodbye now. Take care, everyone. Okay. Thank you and goodbye.